Justin, what's up, my man? Another day, another dollar. Hey, Saul. So I started watching Seinfeld for the first time ever. And I mean, I've seen a few episodes and I've understood it, mm -hmm. you know, to appreciate it. But man, the more I watch it, the more I can relate to George Costanza. The more <laughs> I watch Seinfeld, the more I'm like, you know what? I'm actually George Costanza in real life. Really? I'm, I, I'm a little bit cheap. I'm very I, tight. You with, are kind of cheap. Yeah, you know you I'm tight with cheap. money. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I, I don't like, think I don't think Justin's front of the bill for anything in his life, to be honest with you. No, every time I go out with Saul and the check comes our way, I get alligator <laughs> arms. <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I usually cover the bill just because, you know, I know you're a you're a young up and coming well at the time you were a young up and coming student and I was like, Man, I can't take food out your mouth, buddy. I got I got you. I got you. Now that I'm back on radio. But, but now, but now the tables, <laughs> the turntables. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> I'm excited, right, Saul. Another episode of Total BS Podcast coming right now. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. For real. Saul, the episode of Seinfeld that I was referring to where I was like, George Costanza and I are the same person, is when him and Jerry went to this department store. They saw a cashmere sweater that okay. was a, initially $600, but it was marked down to $85. All because had a little tiny red dot on the sleeve. And that was like the whole episode was just pointing out that red <laughs> dot. But he bought it for somebody that he cared about because it's a $600 sweater, only $85 yeah. because it has a red dot. That is something I'll do. It's like don't just ignore the red dot. Here you go. Enjoy cashmere. For sweater. sure, for sure, for sure. I think I, I mean I think we've all bought something in our lives that where uh, we thought you know maybe it was it was out of our price range at first, but then due to circumstances, it's in our price range and it might have a little flaw in it. But you're like, dude, it's still like X brand. Like you got to go with it, right? So for sure. Hey man, hey a deal's a deal, man. I don't care Absolutely. who who the hell you know. This discussion kind of got brought up the other day. Uh, we uh, actually went to a Suns game the other day and uh, got to see Jay, Jay Crowder in person. Um, and uh, the, the people that we were with, uh, one of them, uh, a young lady, was like, I kind of like Jay Crowder. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, I was like, he's actually a, a good dresser. And I showed, a, showed her a picture. And really this picture was ridiculous because it looked like he was in like pajama pants with like, uh, like a like some type of like rope around his waist tied, and I was like, "There's no way in the world you could ever pull that off." But I, you know, what's so funny is, is I told Estella, I said, "You know, if uh, if I ever hit the lottery, I'm dressing like an asshole. I promise you, I will. And it's I, I will only dress like an a hole because I can afford to. So like, yeah, these pajama oh, bottoms, sure, yeah, you can make fun of them all you want, but they're worth more than your car." <laughs> <laughs> the craziest one ever in basketball and football basketball you have to go with russell westbrook because mm -hmm. he's pulling up with like a two thousand dollar uh parking attendant vest just just showing up to basketball <laughs> games looking like that and then cam yeah. newton is is he takes the cake in football oh man i like cam style though i dig it i don't it care is, but it's like cut off shorts pants like they're dress pants but they only go to his knees yeah there was there was one time where he wore he literally wore like um you remember how old ladies back in the day they used to wear like the the hair cover like handkerchief 
thing and they tie it around their chin. <laughs> yeah. Like he he tried to pull that off one time. I was like, Cam, no, 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 no not that, not this one, buddy. Like you got you got to throw it, call it curtains on that one. But anyway, today we were supposed to have George. Uh, not George Henry, Costanza. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> not George Costanza. Harry Statina. Uh, yes. uh, come over and, and give a few golf lessons and whatnot. But unfortunately, due to, to a time conflict at the last minute, he was unable to show up. So maybe we can get him on another day. Uh, so we won't even go into the to the golf thing because, uh, well, let's be honest, neither you or I are golf professionals in any stretch of the imagination. Certainly not at the point where I can give advice to anybody. And, you know, you know, what's so funny is about about the game of golf, right? I can't count. I can count about probably about 10 times in my life where I've been on the golf range and I'm, I'm swinging and some guy wants to come over and be like, Oh, you should do this. Or you should do this. Or you should do this. And at the time, because I was so young, I just thought, okay, cool. Thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. You know, but as I've gone about my life, um, in, in my golf game, cause you know, I take golf pretty seriously and you know this, Justin. Mm, um, yeah, I, I definitely, know I don't that. like to, I don't like to make, I don't like to waste my money. You talk about being cheap, but I don't like to waste my money period. Like, so, uh, you know, if I'm paying $80 <laughs> to go an golf, sport. <laughs> yo, yeah. If I'm paying 80 bones to go golf, like I'm not getting drunk on the golf course. I'm just Thank not you. that dude. Thank you. I'm just not that dude. Like that's such a waste of money. Why, why do that? You might as well just go to the bar and get drunk. If you just want to get drunk, yeah. I'm not trying to go out there and sweat for four hours in this Arizona sun and at a hundred and plus degree temperatures to get drunk and waste $80 just because I want to do it on a golf course. It's stupid. Yeah. Anyway, uh, going but, back to but the- you know, I, I went golfing uh, recently with uh, a guy who played college golf. Mm-hmm. If you're if you ever played at that level and you're capable of drinking and playing the game of golf, sure, then, then that's okay. As sure. long as you don't get silly and loud and just completely obnoxious, because then I don't want to play with you. When we go out and play golf, I want it to be fun. Like I, mm-hmm. I and and that's why I appreciate you is because you take it seriously, but you're not an asshole about everything. No, no, no. Like no. you, like you I, might. I'm serious might about say, my game, right? Yeah, yeah. But but every now and then, like if I take my sweet ass time, oh you might go, God. "Come on, sunshine, <laughs> bro." Like, listen, yo, your five your five thousand practice swings ain't gonna get any better on this next tee shot. I can promise you that. You yeah. know, you look, aim, figure out where you want to go, come up, maybe take a you know a loosen up shot. And figure out you know what kind of strength you want to put into your shot, and then you go. You don't have to sit there and take eighty five thousand swings to find that right tempo because I can guarantee you, by the time you step up to that ball, it ain't gonna be the same thing. You know, what yeah. I mean, like that's where the practice comes in, right? So if you don't put in the work, and all of a sudden you, you're gonna go on the golf course and think you're gonna be Tiger Woods, you got another thing coming. It just ain't gonna happen. But uh, anyway, yeah. but going back to my my original point giving golf uh, tips to people is just not something I want to do. The only thing that I will do, and I've done this to you, I will stand behind you when you're about to, when you're about to hit your shot. And then I will take my golf club and like, bro, like you already play a slice. Why are you aimed to the right side of the fairway? And, and then you usually like one time where I did that with you and I put my golf club down and you could see where you're lined up. You're like, Oh shit. <laughs> I had no idea. So you're like, you're already, you're already screwed before you even take the shot, right? Yeah. So, you know, so like those types of things, like, okay, aim somewhere different because you're playing this hook or whatever, or the slice. Um, that's what I'll say. But I won't tell you, you know, hey, you should do this in your swing. You should do this. That's for the driving range. That's for the practice range. That's not for on the golf course. So do me a favor. If you're out there on the golf course, shut the fuck up. 
Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Saul, I actually talked about this with my brother not long ago. What is your dream golf group? Four guys, yourself included. So you have three Ooh. people to choose. Dead or alive? Ooh. Who, who are you picking to go golfing with? Um, I, you know, okay. So I, there's three guys I would want to go play with. Okay. Tiger, number one, just cause I, Tiger's the one dude, like, let's be real. Like really any PGA tour guy, uh, but tiger, you know, if we're on the golf course, okay, tiger, you can tell me what, you know, like, Hey, I would do this in my boxing. You got it, tiger. I got you. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dispute that. Uh, Kevin Hart. Cause I think we would just be <laughs> laughing our asses off the entire time. Right. And Charles Barkley. Because Charles Barkley okay. is similar to 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 a, a skill set that a lot of us have, um, he's had the yips like it's been well, well documented. Um, but he loves the game. You know what I mean? Charles Barkley loves the game. He just wants to go out there and play. I think I would have a lot of fun with Charles and Kevin and Tiger. So yeah, that would you, be my my force. You know, I think you picking Charles Barkley and Kevin Hart. I, I can see the plan. I could see your thought process because you have Tiger Woods because you have the greatest of all time out there to give you pretty much a free lesson. Like mm -hmm. you're playing 18 holes with the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah. I'm I'm absorbing everything that he's saying. And Absolutely. as a matter of fact, I'm going to be riding in the same cart with him or I'm going to be making sure that I'm sticking close by him at all times. Yeah. You pick Kevin Hart. Is Kevin Hart really good at golf? I don't know, and I don't care. So, I say you just picked it for the entertainment value. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think you got him because you want to stroke your ego because you're just like I want to beat a celebrity in a game of no, golf, and if, I'm going to no. beat Kevin Hart. No, no, because you're pretty good at golf, so and I know you can beat Kevin Hart, and I know you can beat Charles Barkley. No, I, I want I want Kevin Hart because I think you know you need a little comedy relief, right? You need a for little sure. comic relief when you're out there, especially for four hours, and you know what I mean, like. And and I like your your point that Tiger Woods would be in the golf cart. Yes, he would be in my golf cart because Kevin Hart is great. But if if to me, like if if you're having too good of a time or like laughing too much and too hysterical, you can't really focus on what you're doing so much. For sure. So to have those breaks in between shots from Kevin Hart, I think that's much needed. Uh, and that's why you know riding with Tiger would be good. So okay. What about um, you? My parent or my group. My th the three guys that I would take, Tiger Woods, obviously, for all the reasons that I just explained. And I'm surprised you didn't pick this all, but Michael Jordan. See, with Mike, that's a different story, is it, bud. Is, is it because are you worried about the – he might make you know a couple bets with you. He might make it a little too competitive or no, to the point so, where it's uncomfortable. So, so with Mike, he's a good golfer. Like, let's be real. Like, he's yeah. a good golfer. However – I want to beat. I want to beat the hell out of him. Like absolutely. Like you know, trust me. Like I've never met Michael Jordan in my life, and I've always said that if I ever met Michael Jordan, I'd probably cry because he's that. He's like he was my idol growing up, right? He's he Jesus. was just that dude. He yeah. He's, he's, he's black he's, Jesus. He's, he's basketball Jesus, man. He just is. And um, I I look forward to the day where that can actually happen. But um, no, I he's a competitive guy, and I want my moment where I'm like you know. Um, we were on the 14th hole and, you know, I was down by one shot and then Michael said, uh, good luck on this. And, uh, I took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> Everything oh. will be personal with Mike. I promise yeah. you that. <laughs> okay. But man, I, 
I think with just from watching Last Dance and to see his obsession with golf, mm-hmm. like he was trying to get Scottie Pippen out of the arena. He was like fending off all the media so they can get on the bus and go back to the team hotel or whatever they were staying at so he can go play a round of golf. Like the man yeah. is dedicated to the sport of golf. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, I think with Mike now, the older he gets, you know, may he's just so funny to talk to. I mean, you saw that with the last dance interviews. Uh, so I, th- I still like the competitive edge that he brings, but I think it'd be entertaining to talk to Michael Jordan. So I would have Michael Jordan there. And then for the last person, um, oh, you, that's only, that's only one. Oh, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. Okay. All right. So you would so, still have Tiger as well. Yeah. So, okay. and then my, yeah. So the last person I would take, and this is a, a difficult one because I consider Bill Murray. I'm like, oh, we get Michael Jordan and, and Bill Murray, the, the Space okay. Jam guys yeah. playing some Chicago golf. guys, yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go with Schoolboy Q, the, the rapper from L.A. He's, the, he's from, uh, from TDE, part of Kendrick Lamar's label. And Schoolboy Q, if you go to his Instagram page, he is golfing every week, and he just loves the sport, and he's actually really good. So for like the entertainment value with Kevin Hart, I mean, we can get a rapper – who's also funny. Like, like you go to his Instagram page, he's all about family, he's all about fun, golf, and he's just so funny. So, Schoolboy Q, Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods. That's okay, interesting. You know, there's another guy out there that's uh, that's low-key, uh, you know, I, I would consider throwing in the foursome, maybe replacing Kevin Hart to a degree. Um, and that's uh, my guy, Roger Steele. I don't know if you've ever seen him on, no. on, on uh, um, Instagram, but Roger Steele... Uh, in the last year, he is like come out of nowhere seemingly, and he does a lot of golf videos. He, you know, he's a, he's a brother, and he likes to he likes to play golf, and oh, he will yeah. talk a lot of trash. He talks a lot of trash. Is and, he uh, the guy that does the video where it's like it doesn't matter? You will always suck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, he seems like the type of dude that I would want to play golf with because I just know it would that would be competitive. I yeah. know that would be competitive, and he talk a lot of trash. Um, but you know that's you know I, that's one of the things about playing in private as opposed to watching the PGA Tour. Like the PGA Tour guys don't talk trash to each other; they don't do that. You know, it's just it, you know, they're focused on their own s- stuff. Um, but if you get on the the golf course with the right group of people, there is trash talk. Like there is trash talk, and you better be ready to go. So I think Roger Steele would be that would be fun. That would be fun. Like you know, if I if I tagged him in this video, I guarantee the first thing he would say is, "You ain't ready for this." And uh, to which I would reply, uh, "Bring you it. You don't want to see me on 18." <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, um, basketball Hall of Fame inductions, man. You know that was uh, you know two distinguished careers in KG and Tim, but obviously Kobe is kind of uh, the dominant one this weekend. Um, what are your overall thoughts on, on, on in this entire weekend, Justin? Um, it's incredible. And, you know, there were some other people that were inducted into the Hall of Fame, but I think this class is obviously headlined by the three guys that you just mentioned, Kobe, uh, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. And, you know, all three had unique careers. You know, Tim Duncan went to Wake Forest, did the college thing, came out, and then uh, – do you consider the 1990 cha- 1999 championship a fluky championship? Because that was the year of the lockout, right? Yeah, they only played 48 games, I believe. So, um, yeah, it was a little fluky. You know, you're, it was on the heels of um, Jordan winning his last title as well. 
Um, and then they played the Knicks. Um, it, it was, yeah, there was a little, little, little wonkiness okay. about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but then you know you still have to honor it, and you look at all the other championships that he won past that, and he was arguably the best power forward in the NBA. He won two mm -hmm. MVPs. And he was the best player on every single Spurs team that won a championship. You can make an argument that 2014 maybe Kawhi mm, Leonard. Yeah. But, but you know, but Kawhi was still just a young player getting his feet wet, and he had the tallest task guarding LeBron James on a nightly basis. So, but still, you know, Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward of all time. And to me, I don't think there's no debate just because of the rings factor. Carl Malone never won a ring. If Carl Malone won multiple championships, I think he would be the greatest power forward of all time. I, but that title belongs to Tim Duncan. But and then, but, but that's not necessarily um I, I don't know. I think I think if you separate Stockton and Malone, I don't think you can make the same argument for Carl Malone. I don't. I okay. think if you took Tim Duncan and you put him on any team, he would be the oh, greatest absolutely. power forward of all time. Absolutely. Um but but then Kevin Garnett is and you know this better than me, Saul. I mean, Kevin Garnett was probably the most hyped high school basketball player besides LeBron James in 2003. Uh, I mean, I mean, because everyone was ooing and aahing over this this six eleven forward who, who could just do absolutely everything coming out of high school. But the, but the problem was is that there was a lot of dudes that were coming out coming straight from high school that's why they made they changed the rule is because we had there was too many guys that thought that they could play in the league today and i mean you see that right now with all these freshmen that that are one and duns and half of them don't even make the league yeah you know what i mean like and so that was that was kind of the problem back then you know and when kevin garnett was coming out you had guys like jermaine o'neal you had guys like um i'm trying to think of other guys i think eddie curry was one of them um just a just a handful of dudes that really thought that they're their game was on another level and they weren't, they weren't anything. They weren't yeah. anything. You know, a lot of them, a lot of guys you will, you never heard of. If I brought up a name, you'd be like, Oh man. Yeah. I forgot about those guys. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's a long list. So Kevin Garnett coming out. Yeah. There was a lot of hype, but there was a lot of hype about all these dudes. Lamar Odom, same thing. He ended up having to go to Rhode Island for whatever reason, but he was expected to come out and go straight into high school or straight from high school to the pros. So, um, yeah. You know, so I, I don't necessarily agree that it was a, sh a no doubter like LeBron, um, but well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Outside of LeBron, like I don't, I can't recall yeah. a time where a high schooler was just so hyped up to be the next phenom in the NBA. Like even when Kobe was coming out of high school, not many people knew about him, and he was drafted 13th overall to the Charlotte Hornets, and you know people 17th overall was it? I thought it was 13th. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but Kevin Garnett was this big that everyone just wanted on their team. And I was I think it's safe to say that he's lived up to the expectations. You know, all those years that he was in Minnesota, he was right there with Tim Duncan as the best power forward in basketball. And it's just unfortunate that Minnesota just didn't have enough firepower to compete in the Western Conference with he, the Lakers and the Spurs. He, here's here's the long list. You ready for this? This is sure. the list of players who tried to go straight from high school to the NBA. And every single one of these dudes was hyped up to no end. Ready? Uh, starting from the most recent to we'll go to like the Kevin Garnett era. Amir Johnson, Andre Blatch, Louis, Louis, Louis Williams, oh, Monte Louis. Ellis was okay. 
Ricky Sanchez, CJ Miles was okay. Gerald Green was okay. Andrew Bynum was okay. Martel Webster, Darrell Wright, meh. J.R. Smith, meh. Josh Smith, meh. Al Jefferson, Sebastian Telfair, Robert Swift, Sean Livingston, Dwight Howard, James Lang, Kendrick Perkins, and Duty Eby, who was actually a U of A uh, yeah, commit. That's right. Travis Outlaw, LeBron James, Amari Stoudemire, Uzmain Sisse, Dezana Jop. Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, Kwame Brown, Deshaun Stevenson, Darius Miles, <laughs> Leon Smith, Jonathan Bender, who was fifth overall, uh, Corleone Young, Rashad Lewis, Al Harrington, Tracy McGrady, Jermaine O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Bill Willoughby, and Daryl Dawkins. That is the entire list of players that went straight from high school to the NBA. And most of them, I will say this, for most of them, they had decent careers. You know, They, they stuck around the league for, for about maybe three the to 10 years right they for sure they found a, a role and they figured it out but um for about a quarter of those dudes they had no business ever going to the league and and it's the problem with today's game is is that there's there's too many people in p these kids ears and with social media hyping these kids up you see it with u of a recruits all the time right the the message boards they act like these kids are like the greatest thing since sliced bread for every commit and i'm like no they're not like no like you have to show that you have a work ethic. You have to show that you have an innate ability to take your game from where it is in high school to another level. And a lot of these kids don't understand that. And so they come in and they think they're working hard, but they ain't doing shit. Yeah. And that's why a lot of them don't pan out. A lot of them will come in and, uh, you know, for instance, we remember, uh, and, and, and I like Brandon Williams. I do. But he got salty with me because I said – that he wasn't a game changer like DeAndre Ayton. And I was like, DeAndre Ayton is seven foot one and the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, dude. Like, if you're getting salty about being compared to DeAndre Ayton and you're not on the same level, you need to yeah. look in the mirror, dog. Yeah. And he literally changed his Twitter bio to not a game changer for like three months because he was so salty about <laughs> all, that. All because of you? All because of me. <laughs> like, so stupid. Like, dude, this is why, this is why right there, that is oh, why, that is why you're not playing in the NBA. And I understand he had, he had injuries and stuff like that for sure. And, and you know, I, I wish him the best. I do just like all the players, you know, Hey, if you're going for your dream, you're going for your dream. And I'm not going to hate on that, but you also can't fault anybody for saying, well, these are his weaknesses. This is what he's not good at. And this is what he's going to have to improve in order to play in the league. Those are facts. Those aren't things for sure, you know, like like Alonzo Trier got salty with me because I said he looked slow at the end of the season and he wasn't able to produce at the high enough level as he was earlier in the year, which are all facts. And that's why he disappeared down the stretch in the Pac-12 uh, tournament. And also the first round against Buffalo, he looked like he looked like he should be playing for Buffalo and the Buffalo players looked like they should be playing for U of A. That's how significant the difference was in athletic ability from one point to another. And it was just remarkable for me to see that. And these guys, they they, they get salty about mm. that. And I'm like, well, that's the reason why maybe you're not making it mm. is because you can't take criticism mm. and improve your game the way you need it to mm -hmm. be. And also take your craft seriously. Yes. I mean, you, you, you have to understand that this is your job. This is your livelihood. And if you don't live up to the expectations and you don't, and you're not producing, well, then your business is going to fire you. They're going to find somebody else that can come in, put in the work and actually yeah. give more production than you're, than you're giving. So you went over this long list of names that all went from high school to MBA. 
And it's like, ooh, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, those guys are dogs, competitive guys, and they worked their asses off. And then you have guys like Kwame Brown. You know, Kwame Brown was just this big athletic player that had a lot of potential. And that's what the NBA draft is all about. A lot of teams pick players because of the potential, potential that they show. Yeah. And then sometimes that potential just isn't there. Yeah. And they Darko, and they Darko, Darko Milicic. Darko Milicic, thing. perfect example. You know, sometimes when they are that good at that level, like that is their ceiling. Yeah. And if they don't have the work ethic and they don't show that during this process, then why the hell are you drafting them? And that's why Kwame Brown fizzled out of the NBA. And I think about Andrew Bynum. Sure, Andrew Bynum was considered to be one of the top big men in basketball there for a little bit. Like when Shaq kind of got out of his prime and Andrew Bynum and the Lakers were really good. I mean, you looked at Dwight Howard was the best center and then you probably put Andrew Bynum as the second best center. But the work ethic, Andrew Bynum had a ACL injury and I think a, about a week later, you know, while he was out injured, he was at the Playboy Mansion and they were taking photos of playmates sitting on the injured knee. And, and this is during the season. This is all happening while the Lakers are playing. And it's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. Like, that, that is just absolutely not a good look. And that's why a lot of these guys, they just don't stay in the NBA because of the work ethic and just not taking this seriously. And, and I think that's why we look at Kobe Bryant as just someone who's just cut from a different cloth. Yeah. Um, he, he's cut from the, he's this has the same DNA as a guy like Michael Jordan. I remember hearing Lawrence about his smoke podcast. It was rare for Kobe Bryant to go hang out with, with the guys after a game to go to clubs or wherever they were. And then finally Kobe Bryant was like, all right, I'm in, let's go hang out. But you know what? Your ass is better be up at 5 a.m. for our workout the next morning. We can go over here and have fun, but this is our work, and this comes first. So, yeah, we can go out and have a good time, but 5 a.m. when I'm knocking on your door, you better open that damn thing because we're rolling the next morning. And that's just how Kobe Bryant was, man. And, yeah. Yeah. and I just think about the career that Kobe had from you know, when he was first drafted. And, again, I was – super young at that time didn't really have any memory of, of the first part of Kobe's career but you know he was coming off the bench and he was just this brash young guy who was just almost like a caged animal just on the bench just waiting to be released and then when they finally unleashed him that duo with him and Shaquille O'Neal just dominated the NBA for several years and then Kobe Bryant the, the evolution of his career going from a guy who was going to come at you at the rim and then becoming the the shooter and the more finesse player. And as he got older, his game just evolved, and that's why he was able to sustain that elite level of play for so many years. And and for, that's why. Go ahead. But for Kobe, it was he. First of all, like it cannot be said enough. Kobe was probably one of not only the smartest basketball player of all time, but just one of the most highly intelligent individuals of all time. Period. And he just happened to be a basketball player. Like my man could speak three different languages. Like he was well versed in a lot of different, you know, um, you know, aspects of life. Uh, he just he, that's why I think his death hit people so hard because you got you got Kobe on the court and you got to see the greatness on the court, but you just felt like there was more after 
you know what I mean? And, and so that's that's what hurts so much. But also we we also when we when we're talking about the basketball, we we also can't forget there was a lot of different aspects to make, you know, it, there's a lot of different aspects that make each, each player great. Like you, we, it's well documented. Michael Jordan got cut from his high school varsity team. He had played JV his, his sophomore junior year. Right. And, uh, and he was devastated by that, but he put in the work and he came back and he also had a growth spurt. And all of a sudden he's a, a McDonald's all American. Like everybody's like, where the hell did this kid come from? You know what I mean? Like that drive to want to prove everybody wrong is a real, real thing. Kobe, you know, he grew up, his dad was a professional basketball player. But on top of that, we can't forget that first season with the Lakers. They make it to the playoffs, and they're playing the Utah Jazz. And Kobe, Bean Bryant, <laughs> gets the ball in a clutch situation multiple times. And I think he airballed two of those shots. And it was really embarrassing. The Lakers go on to lose that series. The Jazz move on. And I think that, that right there was like Kobe – saying, yeah, that shit ain't ever going to happen again. Yeah. Like, it just isn't going to happen. And Kobe took it upon himself to to really become one of the greatest of all time in a short period of time. And that's what I think makes Kobe, you know, so so different from a lot of these dudes. Like, a lot of these guys talk about a great work ethic, and they think, you know, they'll go play pickup ball or put put in some work in the gym or whatever. But, you know, they, they were talking about Kobe – uh, I think it was a, it was a, a Dwayne Wade told a story about at the Olympics. Um, they were all, you know, they were all playing uh, and they, they did a workout. Right. And so after they're done, they all go get iced. They all get, you know, some medicine or whatever. Um, they, they stayed up really late. Everybody slept like three hours and then they come back to the gym, like eight o'clock in the morning. And as soon as they walk in the gym, Kobe's already on the table getting iced. And they're like, Kobe, what, what you doing? He was like, oh, I just got to work out in. And they're like, dude, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, and we were just – we only slept for like three hours. My man, like, couldn't wait to get back. And, like, they said that Kobe would work out two, three times a day. Wow. So you, if you think you're putting in work, yeah, no, it's nothing. It's well, nothing it's like compared to what, what Kobe was doing. Or what was that that story that Jay Williams said when he was with the Bulls? And he was like, I'm really excited. We're playing the Lakers. We're playing against Kobe Bryant. And I hear about this work ethic. I'm going to get to the gym early. And he goes into the gym. Kobe's already there putting up shots. And Jay Williams shoots around for like an hour and a half. Kobe still goes for like an extra two hours. And then Jay Williams is like, dude, what, like, what the hell? Like, why'd you stay longer? Like, are you, are you insane? And he was like, no, I saw you walk in. And I want to let you know that no matter how hard you try, you're I'm never going to outwork me. You're, and I'm always going to be better. Like that's that right there is, is just insane. And you know, Saul, you, like you said, the career after basketball uh, was really what made Kobe's death just so awful because he was yeah. an unbelievable father. He won an Oscar, won an Emmy, and was really uh, campaigning for women's sports in mm -hmm. women's basketball and everyone just loved Kobe and, and what he meant to the sport and, and what he meant for and women and young athletes. So it, it's just an unfortunate loss in, you know, even if you don't play sports, you saw Kobe's work ethic and you tried to emulate it with whatever you did in life. 
you had that mindset and whatever you did, you were going to be the best at. And if you weren't the best, you were always going to work the hardest. And I owe a lot to Kobe Bryant. He's my favorite athlete of all time. And I'm just so thankful that, um, his oldest daughter, Natalia, gets to wear the Hall of Fame jacket. And then Vanessa Bryant gets to accept the Hall of Fame award on his behalf, which will be presented by the greatest of all time, Kobe's older brother, Michael Jordan. Yeah. So the Hall of Fame class is just star-studded, but you know Kobe Bryant, just unlike any other. For sure, for sure. And with that, we'll go ahead and segue. We were going to talk about some J. Cole and his new album and basketball career, going to Africa and playing, but uh, we'll just yeah. go ahead and skip on that. We got some some better business ahead. Uh, so we'll go ahead and do everybody's favorite segment, dad jokes, baby. Dad jokes. <laughs> Here we go. Yes, All right, sir. Justin, go ahead. Lead it off this week. All right, Saul. Um, I got some uh, news to share. Um, I actually uh, used to be addicted to soap, but I'm clean now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, you know, Estella is, is you know, I, we've been talking about getting in shape a lot and, um, you know, a little hefty, need, need, need to trim some pounds. And, uh, you know, as, as you and I have talked about uh, several times, and she was like, you know, one way you could do is, you know, you just do a lot of lunges. And I said, wow, that's, that's, that's a big step forward. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, I think I think you might win two weeks in a row, Saul, just with that one. All right. Uh, did you know corduroy pillows are in style? They're making headlines. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? <laughs> How you just follow the fresh prince? <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one, buddy. All right, last one. What do you call when Batman skips church? Oh, Christian Bale. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you call a factory that makes okay products? What? A satisfactory. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and that's dad right. jokes for this I week. You win. You, you win. got another one or no? You good? <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I'm okay, tapping out. All right. That's dad <laughs> jokes for this week, and that's another episode of the Total BS Podcast. We appreciate you all joining us, Justin. Tell them where they can find us. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. That's where the live stream is. But we are also on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. Total BS is everywhere. Subscribe, rate, review, share with all your friends. There you go. Uh, next week, we'll we'll see if uh, we got another guest. And hopefully, this year's been a little rough with guests, and I, I do apologize for that. But uh, we'll we'll get it going. Also, if you're listening to this episode, uh, you can go back and listen to the last two episodes. We had a little bit of a, some technical difficulties, but we will post the last two episodes as well, so you can listen to all all three. You can catch up on the last three weeks of Total BS Podcast all in one week if you'd like. Uh, so you yeah, please subscribe and leave a review five stars. We don't always appreciate it until next time, folks. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. Peace. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool. It's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack. You just sound whack rapping at the us.